Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. So this guy wrote in 2019, or no, this is January 2020, this document. The immediate and system-wide transition required to fight climate change could have far-reaching effects, potentially affecting every single agent in the economy and every single asset price. He goes on to say, this is precisely what this book does. If central banks are to preserve financial and price stability in the age of climate change, it is in their interest to help mobilize all the forces needed to win the battle. All hands on deck, banksters. It's it, you know it's crazy because you you say to yourself the question you keep asking: How does climate change affect banks? Right. So yeah. when they're and I've seen them talking about this on panels. Now you see it in writing. This is where it all comes from. But who is it that they're actually? trying to uh, propagandize into the system if let's say only i don't know like if you if you walked into the grocery store and you started talking with random people what percentage of people do you think actually wake up every day and think about climate change i mean what do you think it is five percent ten percent i i have I, i don't know i but i can tell you if you read what we just read from augustine and frank if you told somebody just in a conversation at a at a dinner party or something, if you just said that and didn't didn't uh, you know give reference to who said it, they would look at you and tell you you're crazy. Right, it's a conspiracy theory. That's what they would tell you. Yeah, when you can when you could read it in their documents and watch it come out of their mouth in panel discussions. That's why I'm saying yep. it's it's just you know if you had uh, I mean and this is the difficulty of when you if you try to explain it. To, like I know a lot there's people in my life I don't hang out with them but you know my brother-in-law's family and others I mean you know they're people with multiple uh graduate degrees and stuff and you sit down at any but they're not vicious they're not evil they're definitely not on the side of the banks but they actually are true believers in this like they literally yeah. will say say to you like well if you don't put a windmill in your backyard you hate the planet like they will actually say that to you Hold that thought. Let me grab a book that I've been reading. Hang on just a second. All right, you do it. Jim is going to grab a book. 
that he's been reading. And Jim has a huge library. All right, this is the rightful place of science, disasters, and climate change. He's holding up, ladies and gentlemen, for the video audience. Yeah, this 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 uh, scientist uh, is a professor. He's actually one of the experts. He's done multiple studies on does climate change or humans cause climate change to cause storms to be more, more stronger create more damages and losses like billions of dollars etc not just you know inflation adjusted he's spoken at congressional committee hearings multiple times this guy's an expert okay and not only that he believes in climate change in fact he wrote it on one of his pages it says uh stand bear with me folks i'll find it now, I just want to tell you, folks, because I've seen a number. Jim has already showed me, just in conversation, 20, 30 you know, photographs and snaps of books he has. So with all the paper that his books make up, Jim is personally responsible for climate change. <laughs> I never yes. understood. Uh, yeah. when, you, when you go to the grocery store and you used to be able to choose between the petroleum-based plastic bag and then they said, yeah. no, you've got to use paper or you're polluting the planet. Yeah. I never understood, like, if you're using paper that's cutting down a tree versus using the plastic, how is one better than the other? Yeah, so this is chapter two, okay? Chapter two, I'm just going to read it to you. Is climate change real? Yes. Does climate change have human causes, notably from the emissions of greenhouse gases? Yes. Does human cause climate change pose risk, perhaps significant for life on Earth? Yes. Should policymakers around the world take action to reduce emissions towards eventual stabilization of atmospheric greenhouse gas concentrations? Yes. Does a price on carbon make sense? Yes. Do policies beyond a price on carbon make sense? Yes. Do scientific projections suggest that some extreme weather events may become more common or intense? Yes. Does current science suggest that episodes of extreme heat and intense rainfall may be increasing in some areas as a consequence of increasing concentrations of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Yes. I think he's on board with the plan. Right. Based on his answers to those questions. Then he asked a final question. Does any of the work summarized in this book contradict my answers to any of the above questions? No. So what he has here, and the UN, he's got statements in here from the UN IPCC. Okay, the International uh, Climate Change Committee, right? They, it's got the charts and the graphs and the data. And he goes through, okay, he goes through hurricanes. Do Does human uh, cause climate change? Has, has hurricane intensity increased? No. Has the, has the quantity of hurricanes increased? No. They go through tornadoes. They go through floods. They go through droughts. And the answer is no for every single one. Mm. If you ask any person on the street, have hurricanes increased in, in, over the last 10, 20, 30 years, they will tell you yes because the media tells you yes. Right. The data actually says no. And not only the data, the IPCC reports say no. Mm. Yeah. Now, is, is this the same gentleman that you pointed out who had said um, that 
they could hype up the severity of damage caused by a particular hurricane because 100 years ago versus today, there would be, let's say, no major city built in Tampa, Florida. So obviously when the hurricane rolls through this time, it's going to cause $20 billion in damage instead of a million dollars in damage because before it might knock down one hotel. This is the same science. That's him. Yeah. Okay, there's, there is multiple, I think there's like eight or nine peer-reviewed studies from around the world that came to the same conclusion. The, the fact that there's more damages has nothing to do with human-caused climate change and everything to do with the fact that more people and more buildings and more stuff is in the path of hurricanes that make landfall, right. period. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and just turn off Fox of, News and read a book, people. Gee. Well, well, it's like think of it like this. Let's say a volcano erupts and it kills no one. But then all of a sudden, uh, 10,000 people decide to build a city on the opening of the volcano. And then the volcano erupts and it kills 10,000 people. And they go, the volcanoes are getting more dangerous. This time it killed 10,000 people. You're like, and well, they're caused by <laughs> humans emitting CO2. It's crazy. Right. You say it's the same eruption that happened 100 years ago. It's just this time 10,000 people decided to live in a hammock on the opening of the yep. volcano. It's crazy. Yep. And cool. by What's the way, that they have those data sets literally going back like to 1900. There is not an increase in any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. What, hey, Sorry, what, was, the name, what, was, what was the name of that book one more time for folks? It's called The Rightful Place of Science, Disasters and Climate Change by Roger Pielke, P-I-E-L-K-E, Jr. Okay. And Jim, how many books do you have, just for the audience? You've got to have, what, a million? (laughs) I have a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly said uh, the other other day, she's like, it's going to take you like 10 years to read those books. I said, so? That's all right. (laughs) I know. Yeah, I had a conversation with my daughter uh, about a week ago, and I don't know how we got on the topic, but I told her I, I like to have. Oh, I know. I watched the movie Where the Crawdads Sing, which was a really good movie, by the way. And there's a book, and she said all the you know all of her classmates and friends at college were all reading the book last summer, but she kind of wanted to see the movie. She wasn't sure if the book would be better than the movie, but so she waited, and she's seen parts of the movie. And, uh, and, and so we decided, okay, let's buy the book. And we got into the conversation about all the books I have. And I said, you know, the books I have are 99% of them are like on, they're either documentary style books or they're studies like this from scientists. They're not fiction or, or novels. That's not mm-hmm. my, that's not what I'm interested in. And I told her, I said, well, this is for you and your kids. It was there. They'll always be in the family. So everybody will always know. That's cool that you're doing it for that uh, for that reason. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, like I said, that's why I'm doing this podcast, one of the main reasons, because it's going to become part of the basis of a homeschool course. Education. For yep. Willie G, man. I mean, I've got to teach him the real history about the world he lives in. I'm not, there's no way you're going to the public indoctrination center and learning this fiction. Uh, you go out there in the world and think we live in some, like, free land. <laughs> I'm like, is those, uh, there's no, like, you, you, at this point, folks, and I've had people reach out to me, and Marie Albanese is really the expert on homeschooling. She got me into it uh, five or six years ago. In fact, 
I'm going down to Florida probably in the spring to pick up from her. She's got about like all of her original homeschool books that she uh, used for her kids. She's mm. giving them to us. But um, yeah, like now I tell people, listen, I'd start to figure out if you have a young kid, how the heck, you know, one of you guys could not work as much or you start developing additional revenue streams now so that you can actually homeschool your kid. I think to put your kid through public school now, knowing what we know, you're literally, uh, it's a it's child abuse at this point. I, I, I just go back to when I was in school and this is pre-Common Core and all this nonsense. I look back and I go, man, I did learn nothing in K through 12, literally nothing. Like the first year when you learn to read and do basic math, it's pretty magical to see a kid do that other than yeah. that I, I you don't need seven years of like world war ii history what is the you could teach world war ii to people whether oh. you want to use the you could do it in an afternoon it's like come on just man. wait if your audience hasn't had their mind blown multiple times so far just wait till we're done and you read anthony sutton's book on live on your shows Oh no! I, I introduced the Federal, a lot of, the Federal uh, Reserve conspiracy. Talk about a history lesson. People are going to be like, "What?" Yeah, I had no I, idea. I introduced the audience to it like uh, two shows ago. I'm going through um, in between interviews now. I'm finishing up this yeah. paper written in '95, Industrial Society, Its Future, and I said, "Then that's the next one we're doing." Is Sutton? So I introduced everybody to it in case they want to try to find it and read it before we talk about it. Yeah, it's um, like uh, eighty or hundred pages. Uh, and by the way, when you roll up to Maria's house, yeah, you need to go down there in your old pickup truck, and you need to have just sit in her driveway and blare Cuban music. <laughs> <laughs> and see that if she poor, comes out. <laughs> that poor woman. I swear, every every time I'm talking to her late at night, it sounds like she's in some Latin dance bar. And I'm like, what the hell? The music is. I said that that is beyond obnoxious. Like uh, the, you can she hear lives it. next door to Gloria Stefan. <laughs> yes, she does. It's horrible, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, executive summary. Uh, this book review uh, begins with the growing realization that climate change is a source of financial instability. I don't know how, but. You know, I, I think I'm just right of the of the bell curve and intellectually. <laughs> I don't think I'm immense by any stretch of the means, but I can't figure out how climate change affects banking. Anyways, uh, they continue their desire to enhance the role of the financial system to manage risk and mobilize capital for green and low carbon investments in the broader context of environmentally sustainable development. Agenda 21. Uh, prompted them to create the central banks and supervisory network for greening the financial system, NGFS for short. I've seen that in a few articles, uh, not many, but a few, again, created by the B Bank of International Settlements, BIS. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. What was greening the financial system in that uh, article you shared from last week? 
Uh, I think uh, that was it, it may have been stuff starting to run together in my head. I've read so much, so much. Stuff. I know I, that's the problem. There's just so much of this, but no, the only reason that climate change is affecting the financial sector is because the financial sector, obviously, as you can see now, folks invented climate change. So it's, it's affecting <laughs> yeah. it because they invented it. So climate change is really the boogeyman. You know, it's just like how Russia and China will willingly play the boogeyman to the United States and we play the boogeyman to them and it allows them to control their people, control our people. Or like Trump was talking about the invisible enemy, which was COVID. That's what climate change is. It's an invention by the banks to then claim that it's affecting the banks. Yeah, and if you don't believe Dustin, here's their own words. Exceeding climate tipping points could lead to catastrophic and irreversible impacts that would make quantifying financial damages impossible. Avoiding this requires immediate and ambitious action towards a structural transformation of our economies, involving technological innovations that can be scaled, but also major changes in regulations and social norms. Technocracy. <laughs> Climate change yeah. could therefore lead to a green green swan events and be the cause of the next next systemic financial crisis. Uh, <laughs> this is beautiful. Climate related risks will remain largely unhedgeable as long as system wide action is not undertaken. And I have a uh, little comment box over there. I can't read it. All or nothing. It says. Yeah, all or nothing. Okay. Green swan events may force central banks to intervene as climate rescuers of last resort and buy large sets of devalued assets. In other words, we're going to let the commercial banks invest in solar shit that's going to turn into Solyndra and be like a, a wasteland in the desert somewhere. And when it goes to zero and the banks are teetering on the edge, the central bank will come in and buy that piece of crap asset or green bond from whatever commercial bank issued it at a hundred cents on the dollar and bail them out yet again in order to save the financial system once more. And I, I've got a comment there that I can't read the whole comment because it goes. I off think it's what I think it's what you just said. Buy all the bad shit we allowed the ba big banks to invest in bailouts from central banks plus bail-ins from depositors equal no financial risk to the big banks. Yeah, exactly. So they're telling them they're going to be yep. fine. Don't worry about it. Right. On the other hand, central banks cannot simply replace governments and private actors to make up for their insufficient action, <laughs> despite going, growing social pressures to do so. To overcome this deadlock, central banks must also be more proactive in calling for broader and coordinated change. We believe they can be best, con they, uh, we believe that they can best contribute to this task in a role that we dub the five C's. <laughs> contribute to contribute con coordination contribute to coordination to combat climate change. <laughs> I love these little slogans. How much do you think the guy got you paid to come up with that? You can't make this stuff up, people. Contribute to coordination to combat climate change. <laughs> Uh, that's got to be turned into a little jingle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but more importantly, central banks need to coordinate their own actions with a broad set of measures to be implemented by other players. This coordination task is urgent. 
Since climate-related risks continue to build up and negative outcomes could be but could become irreversible. There is an array of actions to be consistently implemented. The most obvious ones are the need for carbon pricing and for systemic disclosure of climate-related risks by the private sector. Jesus. Disclosure uh, of climate-related risk is, is code for regulating small to medium-sized businesses out of business. Yeah, definitely. It also pushes the climate change risk to, to any business into the media spotlight, into the forefront of the public daily. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. If we read every every one of these highlighted sections, we're gonna it's gonna take us uh eight thousand shows. So I'm gonna skip some of these. Uh, but this goes the to show that. that... Yeah, oh, I'll wait, read this no, one here. Though. The, no, no, that's a good the, comment though. There. Yeah, yeah, I'll read that little section. So the risk and ad adaptation costs fall disproportionately on poor countries and low income households in rich countries. Without a clear indication of how the cost and benefits of climate change mitigation strategies will be distributed fairly and with compensatory transfers, socio-political backlashes will increase, thus the need needed broad social acceptance for combating climate change depends on studying, understanding, and addressing its distri distributional consequences. Yeah, and social acceptance say, means they have to socially engineer you in so you willingly accept it, uh, or at least you're not willing to fight back against it. Why? Because as Jim writes right here, come on, what is good? People have to believe us. This is the banker speaking. People have to believe us or we will get Sri Lanka. <laughs> Which is, for, and this is, I always say, Muammar Gaddafi. You're going to get Saddam Hussein. Whatever it may be, folks. They don't want to be dragged out of their houses. This is one of the reasons why I said... We're not really dealing with cyborgs yet. These people have not merged with machine and uploaded their consciousness because they wouldn't be afraid of us if they were really immortal at this point. They would just snap their fingers and they would do it. They wouldn't have to spend right. a generation socially engineering people into it. And if you go back to when we first started these documents, I said, you know, we went through uh, something I wrote uh, in a Word document about overall themes that I noticed on these documents. Yes. There's one of those themes again. Poor countries are, are, are disproportionately being harmed by climate change. So we have to take over their land and their oceans and put them in conservation and manage them for them. Yeah, and what they're really saying is the last of the primitive, uh, primitive and we're talking about this industrial society and its future, the, the paper, uh, the guy wrote about this back in, I haven't told the audience who wrote it yet, but back in 1995, that's what he's talking about, some of this. He's not focused on the bankers, but he talks about how the sort of, you know, consumeristic, materialistic uh, folks, they go into these primitive cultures where these people are just, I don't know, living, you know, off of the farms they have there, and they, they declare them to be poor, and uh, and now in this case, climate polluters, and that's their excuse to go in and steal all the resources and drive them into the banking system. That's what it, they were just, yep. they were fine. I mean, you could claim they're poor because they don't live up to our standards, uh, but, you know, if you, if you ask them, 
I don't, they might not consider themselves, but the richest guy in that community may be the guy who has the most amount of uh, giraffe meat. I mean, I, you know, who knows? That's their culture. So they go in there and they steal it. I mean, that's what IMF has yeah. been doing for all these years. They go in and they hijack yeah, all these scroll countries. Back up. Scroll back up. I want to read that one last thing. So the BIS goes on to say, in the, in, in the light of these immense challenges, a central contribution of central banks is to adequately frame the debate <laughs> and thereby help promote the mobilization of all capabilities to combat climate change. Control the narrative is what they're saying. Yeah, that's actually a really good uh, line right there because promote the mobilization of all capabilities to combat climate change. Climate change of which they invented. They need to adequately frame the debate to drive everyone into it and mobilize us uh, into fighting it and mobilizing us to in fighting it means for us to accept, as they say, social acceptance of the central bank digital currency system. That, that's all this is about. It's, I mean, yes, along the way, a lot of people got rich off of the grift, but that was all part of getting those people on board uh, with the grift and getting companies to gear up and make solar panels and batteries and all these things. I mean, they had to convince a lot of folks. It's buy-in. It creates the buy-in. Yep. You scroll down. Green swans, they they, they term them climate black swans. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is racist, by there the way. Is, well, okay, what are the black swans? It's like, you know, a massive tornado that rips through, uh, or a massive hurricane that rips through the entire southern, you know, part of the U.S. Uh, is caused by climate change, which, you know, if you go back and look at the actual data from NOAA and, and the U.N., uh, it's not true. But they mm. tell you it's true, so you believe it. Yeah, definitely. Should uh, we skip past this? There is certainty about the need for ambitious actions despite prevailing uncertainty regarding the timing and nature of impacts of climate change. Climate catastrophes could pose an existential threat to humanity as increasingly emphasized by climate scientists. Folks, this... Their own UN documents from the IPCC prove that sentence false. Mm -hmm. Period. End of story. Yeah. Because it's it could pose. <laughs> yeah, could there's a one percent chance, but that's the way they're going to phrase the narrative. Right. I mean, it which could was say literally on the previous page. Climate catastrophes could make everyone in the world a multi-billionaire. Could it means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Here's the five C's. Contribute to coordination to combat climate change. Okay. Mandatory disclosures of climate-related risk and other relevant information, like the French Article 173 taxonomy of green and brown activities. Uh, we have that document. I'm not sure if we've already gone through it or not. And it's this says regulate uh, small to... medium-sized businesses out. Yeah. Yep. Regulate business out of business. Yep. Integrating ESG considerations into central banks' own portfolios. Um, carbon That's so that they can, the central banks can buy blue bonds and green bonds and all this, you know, happy unicorn stuff. Carbon pricing, systemic of systemization of ESG practices in the private sector. Mm. And I love this limitations here. Central banks' isolated actions would be insufficient to reallocate capital at the speed and scale required and could have unintended consequences, like 
people stop trusting us. Uh, <laughs> also, limits on carbon pricing, carbon pricing and uh, and of internet internationalization of externalities in general, not sufficient to reverse existing inertia or generate the necessary structural transformation of the global socioeconomic system. What is a global socioeconomic <laughs> system, folks? They literally want to, they're telling you, we're going to change everything and put you into a technocratic slave system. They're telling you. Mm-hmm. 100%. They don't even hide we it. We need a green, they don't hide it. We need a green monetary fiscal prudential coordination. We need potential reforms of the international monetary and financial system grounded in the concept of climate and financial stability as interconnected public goods. I'm just, I, I'm not convinced how my $100 bill affects the climate. I have <laughs> no idea. Um, societal debates on the potential need to revisit policy mixes given the climate and broader ecolo ecological imperatives ahead, integration of natural capital, there's the natural capital term again. Remember, that's where they take over the resources, 30 by 30, 50 by 50, put them into natural asset companies and IPO them on the stock market. And it's owned by all the politicians. That's part of their kickbacks and all, their, all the elite buddies. That's the natural capital that they want to include in the, uh, economy the numbers of like uh what value does the trees in a forest in a park mm -hmm. near nearby add to the economy of that city yeah that's what that natural capital Jesus. means they want to put natural capital into corporate accounting systems again regulate small businesses out of business how does the uh, you know the local mom and pop diner have to figure out the accounting of the trees on their property <laughs> it's just so stupid uh, integration of climate stability with just like the, the federal reserve was tasked with maintaining a stable dollar folks i hope by now you've seen a chart where the value of the dollar is down i don't know 99 percent since the federal reserve was created that's not stable in any by any stretch of the hmm. means and now they're telling us we have to have a, a stable climate so that it's 72 degrees with little, with just enough rain, no storms, no wind, uh, no droughts. It rains exactly on time every every week, so that the plants survive wonderfully, and and all the all the animals survive wonderfully. And this is all over the planet. It's all the same everywhere. No winter, no hot summers. It's springtime constantly. Yeah, it's uh, like you said, the land of unicorns and rainbows.